What's up, this Shaq Barrett, outside linebacker of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and you're listening to the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. What is going on, everybody? I hope you're having a great day today. This is Alex in the Fresh Fantasy Podcast. This is the 62nd episode of Season 2. Today, we're going to be talking about Week 10 takeaways and Week 11 a waiver wire, talking about the eight biggest takeaways I have from the Week 10 games and all the stats and info you need to know with that, as well as the top 10 players that you should be adding for the Week 11 waiver wire this week. But before we get into it, I want to pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, show what the, the Fresh Fantasy Podcast is a little bit behind the scenes. I don't I think I talk about a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff or personal things. There, there's no crazy story today, but I mean, the story of how we got to this specific episode of the podcast, I guess, is a little bit, a little bit more crazy than usual. I usually record these pretty normally um, every Monday and Thursday night for my Tuesday and Friday episodes. I usually record them about probably 5 or 6 p.m. Eastern time after I get off school and stuff like that, school work, whatever it is. Um, I record my episodes, but today in particular, I had a pretty wild day that you guys might find a little bit interesting. So I woke up today, um, I registered for my senior year, sorry, actually for my spring semester of my junior year of college, I go to Suffolk University in Boston, and then right after that, I had another little podcast episode I was doing for a different podcast um, that I helped produce for my school, and then pretty soon after that, I was studying for a big test, and then I had work. The second I got home from work, I was on a really cool podcast with the podfather, Matt Kelly, the CEO of Roto Underworld Player Profiler. Um, Go check that out. I retweeted it on my account. It's on Matt's account. Um, That was really, really cool to do. Um, That show ran for about two hours. So again, where where is my time going this day? I've been doing stuff really since 10 a.m. Eastern time. I woke up and I've been doing stuff all day. And then after that, I, I finished the episode with Matt. I did a little bit more studying and then I made dinner. And after I made dinner, this is probably just the normal life of every human being, but I think this is a little bit interesting. I went to go watch the the Monday Night Football game tonight with the 49ers and Rams, and usually I watch every Monday night game, every Thursday night game I can, but for the first time, I fell asleep. I I was up for the first quarter when I was eating my dinner, but after that, I I literally slept for like the entire game, and I woke up, and that's why I'm telling this story now is because I woke up, and it's like 11.30 p.m. on a Monday night, and I hadn't recorded this episode, and I was just like, I kind of want to go back to sleep and just not do this. But the reason I'm telling this story is because I think that, you know, as a content creator, it's it's more difficult than you think. This is not a boo me, haha, poor me, you guys should envy me or empathize with me. No, I'm not saying that at all. I, I think it's just, it is tough as a content creator sometimes because it's the weird phenomenon of like, no matter what happens that day or how busy you are, or what you do, you always have to find time to do this kind of thing. And once I hit the record button, like I did right now, I'm, I'm loving it. I love talking, you know, to the microphone. I love trying to bring you guys the best possible information that I can give. But the other side of that, sometimes, sometimes getting there, getting there is tough. And I, I mean, I would encourage anyone in the world. I'd be happy to help you guys try to create content, whether it's about fantasy or any, anything else like that, because I think it's a beautiful thing and it's changed my life, the fact that I get to do this. But it's tough sometimes to, you know, to get here and, you know, get on the mic and stuff like that. Once we're here, it's fine. But all the prep that goes into it and everything like that is definitely a hassle. But the other thing was just I want to mention real quick, and I promise I'll get into the takeaways and waiver wires. I think last season, my first season doing this, I was definitely a little bit more lazy that, you know, sometimes I wouldn't get out my my Tuesday waiver wire episode until 
late Tuesday or sometimes it would be Wednesday morning, which is useless because most people had already you know, done their waivers at that point. And even my start sit episode sometimes wouldn't be released on Friday. I'd release them Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. But you know, the reason that, you know, no matter what happened tonight, I was still going to get this episode as much as I, you know, probably wanted to go back to sleep like any human probably would want to do when they're tired. But I think the thing is this year we've been, we've been pretty consistent. I'm not saying I run the greatest podcast in the world or anything like that, but we've been consistent getting episodes out every Tuesday, every Friday releases at three, um, 3 a.m. Eastern, Eastern time, um, every Tuesday and Friday. And we've tried to be consistent with that because you guys, the listeners, are relying on me to be consistent so you can listen to my episode. So for those of you who just listened to all that, thank you so much because it means you support me and you care about the podcast and that truly means the world to me. We also hit 10 million total podcasts, sorry, 10 million total plays on TikTok. That's pretty incredible um, as well. I'll probably talk about that on the episode um, with the best and worst plays of week 11, but that's just a little, little mention for you guys. But let's get right into it with the week 10 takeaways and that takeaway is led off by I think that Jonathan Taylor is the running back one in fantasy rest of the season I don't think Christian McCaffrey is that guy anymore pal haha uh more it's just because I don't think that Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy he hasn't played three full games since 2019 and even in the second game back that he played over 50 percent of the snaps against the Cardinals this week he got evaluated for a concussion he was getting his hamstring checked out and looked over just doesn't look good. And Jonathan Taylor has just been amazing. Seven straight games with a touchdown and seven straight games with 100 yards. He's been ridiculous. And Stefan Diggs is still a top three receiver in fantasy. I know some people are questioning that. He's averaging nine and a half targets per game over his last four games. And he's averaging 94 yards per game over that stretch. I think DeAndre Swift is a top five running back in fantasy. You guys know how much I love DeAndre Swift, but he's averaging 23 touches per game over his last five games. And he's had at least 15 plus fantasy points in half PPR and four out of his last five games. I mean, that's just ridiculous consistency. The touches are there. Sure, that's a little bit, you know, inflated by his 39 touches this past week against the Steelers. That was great to see, but he's had back-to-back weeks with over over 90% snap share, which like no running back in the league is seeing. You know, partly that is thanks to Jamal Williams being out, but I think it's also a testament to Swift's talent and the Lions seeing that, hence why they gave him so many touches and almost pulled off a win. I mean, they haven't lost a game this season giving DeAndre Swift 30-plus touches, and I think that his talent is, is you know, a, a big thing for that in general. And my fourth takeaway is that I think CeeDee Lamb's a wide receiver one rest of the season. I mean, I, I know that the, this Cowboys offense has struggled with consistency. I know Michael Gallup's back. I know maybe, sure, CeeDee Lamb had a big game this week. What's next week going to look like? But this is still a guy that's had 14-plus fantasy points in four out of his last five games. He's averaging 18 fantasy points over his last five. I mean, that is wide receiver one usage, and it seems like that, you know, the people that predicted, including myself, you know, I'm so I'm so freaking great. You know how awesome I am. I'm kidding. It's obviously sarcastic. Um, I, I was one of the people that said I think C.D. Lamb will, will outproduce Amari Cooper this year, and, and he's done that. Sure, that's somewhat a lucky take. There's going to be a lot of things we get right, a lot of things we got wrong. You guys know how much I've gotten wrong. But C.D. Lamb outproducing Amari Cooper. C.D. Lamb is a wide receiver one. Fifth takeaway, I think you guys have all heard this one. Aaron Jones is out one to two weeks with an MCL sprain. Obviously, that was very, very great news that Aaron Jones is out only one to two weeks with an ACL sprain. But I think in the meantime, Aaron, sorry, A.J. Dillon is a top five running back in fantasy. I expect him to get probably 70-plus percent of the snaps all the touches for Green Bay, all the valuable touches, the goal line touches, the targets, everything like that. They don't really have anyone else that's going to take away carries. So as long as Aaron Jones is out, which I expect to be for the next two games at least because they have a bye week in week 
um, 13. So I think 11 and 12, no matter what, they're going to probably keep Aaron Jones out. And A.J. Dillon is probably going to be a top five running back over that span. But very thankful for Aaron Jones owners, including myself. I have him in a good amount of leagues that he's only out one to two weeks because it could have been a lot worse. And it seems like it could have been a lot worse. But very thankful for that. Six takeaways, sorry, six takeaways that Deontay Foreman is the Titans running back one. He had 13 touches for 78 yards this week. Most running back snaps in week 10. We'll get into that a little bit um, at the top of the waiver wire episode. Just a little, little takeaway sneak peek that I was using. Um, seventh takeaway is that Devontae Smith is it may might just be a league winner. He's had 20-plus fantasy points um, in two straight games, back-to-back best games of the season. Two touchdowns in week 10. I mean, dude, just looking like a monster. You know, he's sticking up a big bird, middle finger, freedom rocket, whatever you want to call it. Um, to all the people that were the BMI truthers that said this guy's too skinny, too small. You know, he's not going to stay healthy because he got hurt in training camp, all that. Devontae Smith is definitely proving those people wrong. Final takeaway, Justin Herbert's inconsistent. Justin Herbert's had less than 16 fantasy points in three out of his last four games, less than 17 fantasy points in five out of his last nine. Not very good for Justin Herbert at the moment. But what you guys are here for is week 11 of the waiver wire. And my number one waiver wire pickup of the week is Tennessee running back Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman went from 12% of the snaps in the last week that he played to 35% of the snaps this week, which led the team. He had 13 touches for 78 yards. That also led the team. He's the biggest and most explosive running back um, of all three. And I get it. Okay, he, it looks like to you that you're, you know, you're the listener and you're saying, okay, like Alex, like this is a, just a dead three-way split. Well, sure, it might be that way on the outside, but I think the fact that Dante Foreman went from 12% of the snaps to 35% of the snaps after he looked like the best back in League One, and then they gave him, you know, a lot more work. I think it's a very good sign going forward, and he's probably the guy I'd invest in. I mean, it's not going to be 36-year-old Adrian Peterson. It's obviously not going to be Jeremy McNichols at this point. Dante Foreman is the guy that, you know, I think best gives them a chance to do well, and I think they saw that, and they gave him much more touches, and I'm interested to see how it goes next week, but I think that he could legitimately be the running back one in this backfield, and if they continue to give him work, I wouldn't be surprised if they make him the guy. This is not a stupid coaching staff like so many others, like the Bears. Or I'm not going to start crapping on all these coaching staffs. We're not going to do that. It's probably not smart. I don't want to make. I don't want to make any fan bases upset. But this Titans coaching staff, I think, is a smart one. And the fact that they gave Dante Foreman, you know, so much more work, and he looked like the biggest and most explosive back out there. I think that bodes well for him. And that is why he is my number one waiver wire pickup of this week. My number two pickup of the week is the Carolina quarterback, Cameron Newton. Cam Newton he had two touchdowns back in his first week back. And, you know, the thing that the reason I have him over someone like Ramondre Stevenson is because for Cam Newton, obviously you can use him for the rest of the season. But, you know, people don't realize how friggin' good Cam Newton is in fantasy football and, you know, how how great he is, period. I'm going to give through his fantasy finishes real quick. I'll run through them super fast. 2012, QB4. 2013, QB2. 2014, he was the QB9 in 14 games. 15, he was the QB1. 16, QB17. 17, he was the QB2. 18, he was the QB12 in 14 games. 19, he was hurt. And 2020, he was the quarterback 16. But he was the quarterback 16 with the Patriots while only playing 15 games. He did miss a game. He probably would have been a little bit higher. But his weapons were also Demir Bird, who you probably never heard of, Jacoby Myers, and Ryan Izzo. You probably only heard of one name on that list. And now this year he has Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, I mean even Ian Thomas. 
But I think the fact that they have, I mean, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, CMC is much better than any weapon that Cameron Newton had. Cam Newton, excuse me, had with the Patriots last year. I mean, Cam Newton barely threw for any touchdowns, and he had two touchdowns in the first game. I mean, for the Carolina Panthers, he has a very nice schedule down the stretch, starting off against Riverboat Ron Rivera, former coach next week against the Washington football team, is expected to start. Football team has been top three in most points given up to quarterbacks so far this season. I think Cam Cam Newton is a QB1. I mean, I gave you the numbers. I mean, besides 2016 and 2020, he's been a QB1 when playing every other part of his career, and that's all you can ask for. I don't know about what happened 2016. I didn't do a deep dive into that, but at least last year, you mean his weapons, his best weapons were Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers, and Ryan Izzo. And now he upgrades to CMC, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. You guys saw it with Tom Brady in 2019 to 2020, how much weapons make a difference. Cam Newton, I think, is going to be a top 10 QB for the rest of the season. My number three pickup of the week is Ramondre Stevenson, New England running back. He had 100 yards and two touchdowns this week, caught four or five targets. And that is just simply amazing. He was the running back two in week 10. He plays Atlanta in a great matchup Thursday. The reason he's only number three for me and not number two or one is probably only going to start this one more week. Um, If he starts, I mean, Damian Harris seems like he's probably going to miss this week. I mean, I'm recording this on Monday. Damian Harris did not practice Monday. He doesn't practice Tuesday or Wednesday. He is not playing this week. And I think that they can kind of ease him back in considering how well Stevenson played. But I think Stevenson, like I talked about last episode, if you listen, I mean, he also has flex value going forward. I mean, the last four weeks, he's increased his touches every week from 8 to 10 to 12 to 25 over the last four games. I think he's someone that's very interesting. He's played very well for the Patriots, kind a good offensive line and a good offense, sixth best scoring offense in the NFL. It's crazy for the Patriots to be that considering the guys they do have. Um, but you love to see it as a Patriots fan. But Ramondre Stevenson, definitely worth a pickup. Fourth pickup of the week is Dan Arnold for a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's had 10, 7, and 7 targets the last three weeks, at least 60 yards in all those weeks. He's had all three types of matchups. He had a green matchup, a gray matchup, and a red matchup. Produced at least 60 yards and 7 targets in all those games. Even had a two-point conversion this past week against the Indianapolis Colts. Dan Arnold is a must-pickup at tight end. I don't know why people are refusing to pick this guy up. My number five pickup of the week is Justin Fields because of his rushing upside. Justin Fields over the last two games had 18 rushes for 148 yards. I mean, that's an average of 74 rushing yards a game over the last two games. Then that's averaging 22.5 fantasy points per game during that span with only three touchdowns. That's one and a half touchdowns a game, and he's still averaging over 20 fantasy points a game. Again, like I talked about with Jalen Hurts all offseason, Trey Lance, all those guys, they have the rushing upside, and that's when they produce fantasy numbers whether Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney or Jimmy Graham's producing or not, Justin Fields is going to put up fantasy points because of his rushing upside. I wouldn't be shocked if he's a top 10 QB as well for the rest of the season, purely based off his rushing upside. I think Justin Fields is a must pick up. My number six pick up of the week is where we get a little hairy, and this is, might be like just move up the waiver wire territory because of these players, but there's still some very interesting players. just depends what you need. If you need a must win now, you got to get these guys. You know, If you had a nice – you know, seven and three or better record and you don't need these guys. This is probably the territory where I'd be like, okay, let me just move up unless there's a position you really need here. But my number six pick of the week is Miami wide receiver Devontae Parker. He's probably due back and he's eligible to be due back in week 12. This isn't for this week, but I think he's a phenomenal pickup. He's had seven plus targets in all five games he played this year. But the biggest thing I love about him is he's playing New Orleans and Tennessee who have given up the fourth most points and the most points to wide receivers so far this season. That is week 16 and 17 which are semifinals and championship week for almost all leagues. That is why he is a must, must, must pick up. 
My number seven pick of the week is Atlanta running back Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman outtouched Mike Davis seven to seventeen to five this week and seven seventy six to eighteen. I mean, it was a blowout, but I think it was an audition from Wayne Gallman. We saw him be effective last year, and Mike Davis is averaging just three point three yards per carry this year. Blowout or not, Patterson, I'm sorry, Cordell Patterson. I know it's depressing. It's sad to see. He had a high ankle sprain this week. He's likely out this week and probably next week as well. And I think Wayne Gallman could be the running back one for this Falcons team. Mike Davis has not looked good all year. And I think the fact that I know it was a blowout, whatever, that's why they're giving Wayne Gallman touches. But, you know, this isn't a playoff team. What are they going to do? Protect Mike Davis, who's averaging 3.3 yards per carry? No, get out of here. They're giving Wayne Gallman an opportunity to show what he can do. And he showed it, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's the running back one for this team over the next couple weeks. Again, he's the running back seven pick in week 11 away of wires. I'm not saying this guy's going to be a league winner, but he's very much worth a pickup because of the role that he could have over the next couple weeks. My number eight pickup of the week, New York Jets wide receiver Elijah Moore. Alex, Elijah Moore was your number one pickup last week. Why is he on your list again while being more owned, and why is he number eight? Well, we'll get to that in a second. But Elijah Moore's fourth straight game with six-plus targets. He was the wide receiver five over the last three weeks. But the problem and the reason that he's low on this list, still only owned in 51% of leagues, is the fact that he's run just 51% of the routes this past week in week 10, and he ran 58% of the team's routes last week. That's not good. But he's got four green matchups in the next six weeks, worth a flyer. But when you're running under 60% of your team's routes, it is very hard to stay that efficient, and they're not really increasing him no matter what he does. My number nine pickup of the week is the Washington football team tight end Logan Thomas. He's probably due back either this week or next week, but led the NFL in snaps last year, led the NFL in routes run last year. He's the top three tight end over the last eight weeks, purely because of how much he's on the field. Again, he's going to play 100% of the snaps. He has no bad matchups over the last seven weeks, and he has three green matchups over that time. And finally, the last waiver wire pickup of the week, worth a complete flyer, is the Tennessee Titans wide receiver Marcus Johnson. Marcus Johnson, in relief of Julio, caught five or six targets for 100 yards. Though Julio plays Houston, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville over the next four games worth of pickup. That is three green matchups over the next four. Again, 100 yards, five or six targets, though Julio. Definitely worth a flyer in what is a higher volume passing offense, though Derrick Henry. But that is it. I hope you guys enjoyed those waiver wire pickups. I'm losing my voice because I have a cough, and I'm about to cough everywhere. But please leave a review. You guys already know what to do, and I hope you all have a great rest of your day.